I was completely conscious. So I looked my right leg. It wasn't there any uh, anymore. Uh, my left leg was there, but it was uh, tangling and bone and skin. So I also injured my right arm. It was, uh, yeah, first thing is, uh, am I going to survive? Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. I'm pleased to say that this podcast is brought to you in association with Lodge Court, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences, and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Lodge Court, and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So, focus on what you do best and let Logical deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored, flexible monthly routine package that is right for you and your people. Please do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I really have the great pleasure and honour to have Hari Buddha Magar on the show. Uh, welcome to you, Hari. Uh, thank you, Julian. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm really pleased that you, you've joined me today and, um, you know, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. If they did not already know about you. Uh, you're from Nepal in South Asia. Uh, you're a mountaineer and adventurer who've broken multiple records in your career. Mm. Uh, and what sets you apart really is your incredible resilience and determination in the face of adversity. Uh, and in 2010, uh, you were serving in the British Army's Gurkha Regiment in Afghanistan, and you lost both your legs above the knee to an IED. And um, many people might have been discouraged by such a life-changing event, uh, but you refused to be held back by this physical limitation. And um, recently, you went on to become the first ever double knee, above, above knee amputee to summit Everest, which is absolutely amazing. Well, so congratulations on that, um, It's an amazing achievement. Uh, having been to Everest Base Camp myself, which is as far as I got to. I was at the foot of the mountain, uh, and even that is a challenge in itself, and just seeing that the majestic mountain, uh, to say well done to you and congratulations on that. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, it uh, definitely wasn't easy to coming out uh, from um, from uh, my injury. Um, I struggled one and a half, two years of my time. Uh, but yeah, finally, I was able to pull out some ways. I don't know how I did it, but uh, some ways <laughs> I pulled out and um, I wanted to live a life, uh, simply uh, relive a life, um, uh, refine my you know, dreams and ambitions. Um, yeah. So uh, in, in life, life doesn't go always as a plan uh, sometimes it takes completely different turn that we um, wanted uh, and but whatever happens it happens for a reason as long as we are positive um, and um, you know work hard then i think yeah i think we we, we, we can live a uh, meaningful life and my aim is to try to live a meaningful life uh, as much as i can Absolutely. And I want us to just go back before Everest, because obviously that's, that's almost a pinnacle of what you've done. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But I want to go back to 2010 when you were serving uh, in the army, British as Gurkha in the British Army Regiment um, in Afghanistan. And just just take me through that moment when it all happened, when you, your, I guess your life changed dramatically. Um. I was with the uh, 1st Battalion, the Royal Gorkha Rifles. Um, and 
uh, uh, we were just deployed uh, to Afghanistan. We were just a couple of weeks. Um, and on that on that day, we were at um, Nahar-e-Saraz uh, district uh, in a place called PB2, so Patrol Base 2. Um, and uh, on that day, I was blown up. Our uh, we had we had a uh, two missions on that day. One was to familiarize the area ourselves so that we know the area. Second one was to um, take a two uh, engineers um, uh, uh, to uh, survey the well so they can go back and repair so local people can have a water. Uh, the well was uh, very old and damaged and not working. So uh, our job was to give a security to those engineers. Um, uh, yeah, we were just it was about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. We were just, um, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, kitted and booted, ready everything. And it was about um, the three, four o'clock in the afternoon. It's just like a very warm, sunny day, um, and we are about. Uh, we are 20 people uh, working on a single file. Uh, we passed a couple of compounds, some irrigation ditches and poppy fill. When we were working alongside of the poppy fill, suddenly went bang and simply my last sense pretty much in the blink of eye. And uh, the dreams that I had um, had to be changed. The way I live with my family has to be changed because nothing worked. And the way I used to move around changed. Uh, yeah, many things have changed. And luckily, um, my colleagues who were absolutely professional and passed me, or passed me on time, called the heli uh, and evacuated on time. So uh, I'm grateful to be alive he um, here and hopefully um whatever i'm doing hopefully i'm making them proud that yeah, this is my life and when it when it happened did you realize the the magnitude of what it happened what it had done to your body at that point or you were not quite aware at that point i was completely conscious so i looked my right leg it wasn't there any uh, anymore uh my left leg was there but it was uh tangling and bone and skin so i also injured my right arm you see that Oh, yeah. uh, so couldn't able to move um, my right arm. Um, it was uh, yeah. First thing is, are, am I gonna survive? And after about five minutes, guys passed me up. They cleared, you know, a secondary device around me. So make sure you secure the area before they call in the heli. And they were saying, heli in ten minutes, heli inbound in ten minutes. So um, yeah, I thought that I'm gonna survive. <laughs> then I was worrying about the uh, about about the boys because uh, you know in the battlefield there's no one to protect you. Your family is not gonna go and gonna go there and protect you. Your your friends are far away, uh, and only people protect you are your comrades, your colleagues that um, you are working with them. So simply in army we say you watch my back, I watch your back. So this is how, uh, and just uh, help each other. And our aim was to uh, go there six months, uh, do the job and come back everyone safely. But, you know, we couldn't. 
I was a second in command of the um, uh, 14 people team. Um, and we had a very young uh, Britain commander. Um, he was absolutely, actually amazing. Uh, and later, uh, my platoon commander got also injured in Chevrolet incident. We lost one guy um, and we another got injured. So, uh, four, uh, you know, four, four out of 14 were down by the six months time. So one, one, is, one, one is killed and uh, three of us got injured. So, yeah, um, I was really worried that uh, yeah, especially, you know, without leader, you know, leaving the boys in the ground, it's just, you know, it's like a, uh, leaving, you know, chicks by their mom, you know, mm. but they're going to go there, they have nothing to do. But in the, in, in the army, we have a great command and control system and, uh, you know, chain of command. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, other people can take over our job and, you know, look after the boys and do the job that we have been mm. told to do yeah and I, and I can't imagine um sort of obviously the explosion but also then looking down and seeing one leg completely gone and then one hanging off that must be incredible the well traumatic and distressing when you go into the hospital because humans got patched up and when was the realization of what really had happened and and, and and what were you thinking then of the future then at that point uh, when you realized basically both your legs have been taken out? Um, so first, um, when I got into the, I was completely conscious until the heli. And when they gave me a mask, then I passed away. Uh, and next, I woke up next morning in Gambasan, uh, in Hill Hospital in Afghanistan. Um, uh, and... You know, when I woke up, I could see down and could see uh, my, um, you know, it's, it was from here, the bottom covered by blanket, white blanket. And my ha hand was completely plastered and hanged on side. And I, I got lots of needles on my uh, left arm. And uh, I didn't have a courage to, I, because I, re I remember that, um, the incident. So I knew that. My right leg was gone. My left leg was there, but is it still there? I didn't have a courage to open and have a look at or ask someone, honestly. And later, surgeon came and said, um, yeah, I um, imputed your left leg as well because it was badly damaged and it would be a life-threatening injury. So, yeah, he, um, he, uh, he explained to me um, what happened and what he did um, on my body, you know. So... But I, and later he told me that um, you got a decent limbs; they are not very infected, infected, so you would able to walk. And so I didn't believe that because uh, I knew I grew up in Nepal how disabled people were treated. And, you know, I never seen the people with the uh, two metal legs above the knee walking um, with the mechanical legs. I never seen them. And, you know, I have seen the small amputation, like a one arm amputation or one leg uh, imputation, but they never seen that. So, and, and in Nepal, is, everything is about hiding it, you know. And also, um, you know, many people in Nepal still think that, uh, you know, once you disable, you can't do anything, and so you are burden of the earth. And But also, 
uh, many people think that you have done something in your previous life so you are having uh, this you know god punished you or whatever it is so so this is the thing that and i was i thought that my life is completely gone um i have to sit in a wheelchair for the rest of my life and i need need a carer i'm not sure whether my wife is going to stick with me so there is lots of things was going in my uh, mind um and how to feed my family like a being a, a gurkha a nepalese coming from very remote uh, part of the nepal is it's not just me but there are so many people financially depends on me like my brothers is still they were in uh, college um we just moved down to kathmandu um uh, so we haven't settled down i had a loan take out to build my home in kathmandu so yeah there are lots of uncertainty and we just moved moved uh, to uk from brunei uh, where our base was and i had a very um, uh, small children uh, you know you know to look after so 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 um yeah um, is lots of uncertainty so i didn't know what to do so i start drinking and a couple of times i tried to take my life myself and yeah you know, la la life was pretty hard for one and a half two years of my time and i kind of wasted maybe maybe i should trust to um the surgeon that who actually told me maybe trusted a bit more uh, to 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 the doctors and nurses and physiotherapists and uh, occupation therapists which was is very hard when you don't believe it then it mm. becomes really really hard and finally i started sports and adventure and you know i pulled out myself out uh, from that that uh, all the negative things and misery and i actually had a um, six weeks treatment at combat stress as well um i was really struggling mentally when i was coming out of the army uh, i thought that you know i would grow up in a very harsh condition in nepal and you know um i have done so i have been so much things through and i'm the army man and you know i'm the gurkha so you know mental things shouldn't uh, you know uh, uh, affect me but but yeah and, you know sometimes there is a stigma that we don't come out and talk as well so mm. yeah uh, so you you had this this cultural almost uh challenge where the mindset that if you're disabled it could be something wrong with you or something in your past or it could be you just life's over and 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 that almost like a cultural sort of limiting belief i guess that was happening there and and obviously that led to you said a couple of years where you were drinking and and at times you felt sort 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 of then um, take your life what was the the moment or the point because the most people listening here right now who are facing some real adversity it may be something similar to you or just something else that they're really struggling with and they just can't see a way through this um because their life has completely been transformed what was the point in the moments that you thought there's something I've got to do something different about it what was this almost a transformational point you remember that yes i remember very clearly um, that one day um uh, you know um i felt terrible especially um, waking up in the morning 
you know, your hands are shaking, your minds are a bit foggy, and you can't remember properly what happened, and so many things. So um, I thought, if I'm going this way, I'll die soon. If I die, that's fine. In the, my story, right? This is one last second. But that my it because because I, as I said that you know I had lots of responsibility. Not just uh, many people does not just depend on me, um, but also there are so many so many things uh, that especially my family will support because you know they'll do do in society in our society they won't. Uh, take on positively, you know. So, so I did not really want it to do that because it's quite horrible, honestly. Um, because I have seen that before, you know. Uh, so I didn't want it that. I know now. I'm, I'm gonna leave. That was the point that, that everything's changed. I think uh, uh, to change life, you don't need much thing. I think just one word can change life. One. Phrase can change life. One moment uh, can change life. Um, you know, just simply uh, even climbing Everest was just in my mind was, can I able to climb Everest? And now, because I always was wondering about that. So, so as long as you put a question mark in your mind and something you want to do positively, then it's magical things happens and you do one by another by another. So after that, you know, I was kind of half suicidal mode, so I went to skydiving 15,000 feet and jumped down from aeroplane. And when I landed safely on the ground, and honestly, even you don't have legs, you can do something. I had a very little confidence. And when you come about confidence, confidence doesn't come with, a, you know, my magic wand. It doesn't come with the abra kidabra. Kitching, go and climb the Everest or go and rule the world. It's, it's not like that. You know, it's a very small things that plays very important role in life. Like say, uh, before I couldn't, from floor, I couldn't jump on my wheelchair. Um, mm -hmm. I couldn't brush my, myself. I couldn't go to toilet myself. I couldn't uh, transfer uh, to the car myself. So there is lots of things that um, I couldn't do um, myself. So, you know, doing one thing, that gives you confidence and, and you do another things, it gives you another confidence. And it's, so after skydiving, my aim was to, what can I do physically uh, after losing both legs? So that was my aim and did all the sports and adventures, pretty much anything that I can put hands on. I was completely rubbish in some of some of thing. I was decent in some of them. And I simply, um, it's about, it's not about, I think, um, what you do, I think the most important thing is why you do it. Mm. Yeah, that's important. It, it's interesting you say that, that that for you it's this doing things. You know, for those people in that difficult, is almost one thing at a time, small things at a time. Um, I do laugh to myself that one of the one of those small things for you was jumping out of an airplane, which some <laughs> people might see as a big thing, but it, it's as you say, you talked about you know things about getting yourself ready, cleaning yourself, all that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, it's important to take those those steps and, and to, to move forward uh, day by day rather than always thinking something massive ahead. It's just those small steps we need to take, isn't it? Yeah, when you think negative, you just worried so much, you know. Uh, so I think there are a couple of things when you when, when are negative. One thing is, once you're thinking negative, try to distract as soon as possible. So if you're not feeling very good, just go for a walk. 
or listen to music or you know just you know do this breathing exercise and just um, just just mindful you know just just focus on your breathing and it's like a little things that uh, which let's say breathing nature they don't have nothing to say they don't judge you right <laughs> so 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 i think focusing on those things is uh, i think is really really important and that's what i do and now this is what i learned from combat stress for six weeks seven training so it's like do suffer sometimes but you know you know i kind of manage that way uh sometimes um uh, when you worry about it just like say you know i give you an example of mine so i wanted to go to town um on wheelchair so how am i going to go uh, how am i going to jump in a uh, bus or car and where to park and where to wheel can you go to your destinations and you just worry so much instead of just go and you know find out you know start tackling those problems <laughs> yeah you know when you have a confidence you just go and start doing it if you need the help sir so you can ask public to can mm-hmm. i help can i can i can i can you help me please you know so you can do that but if you don't have a confidence you just worry oh what is he going to say or oh, you might mind him he, he might not help me and you know those are things that mm-hmm. we go around when you think about negative so um i think is is about um, try to be positive but sometimes even i you know, just go and do it you know just to come out that bubble come out that boundary this is a, it's all about mental not boundary so mm. if you set your mind your body will follow somehow mm. and it's interesting most uh, when people have a, a such a traumatic event it can go either one or two ways really it can go the way of being almost post traumatic stress disorder and it becomes really something that impacts them and it inhibits what they do or what we call post traumatic growth where people find meaning uh, in that adversity and do something great with it and you mentioned about be more important about not the what but the why so w- what is your why about why you do things why you take on everest why you do these challenges why you jump out of airplanes and and push the boundaries of what you can do what's the why behind that now marhari Uh, yeah especially jumping out the aeroplane was to i was half to settle more so half of my body is gone so if I, another goal that's fine <laughs> uh you know it's in my story and another one was to um i never experienced so i wanted to take experience for that um and after that most of the adventure and sports they were about finding my limits uh limits um, that what can i able to do but what happened is kind of it kind of magical thing happened after doing all, all those sports and adventure that you know if we adapt our life according to the time situation um uh, then we can able to do anything you know uh, i skied um, standing before uh, and now i ski sitting in one ski with the uh, riggers but i can go same route um, same uh, speed uh, maybe more fast <laughs> uh, and i enjoy this as much as i used to so what is different it's just different way of doing things um about kayak as well so i kayak lots i kayak, i'm the one of the first amputee to kayak around isle of white 
non-stop. Um, I kayaked, uh, we kayaked uh, to test, uh, with the kayak, we test the route of Coxel Heroes in River Geron in France, five days. Um, I was part of the team that uh, we kayaked from Yukon River to all the way down to uh, near to Alaska. So, 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 uh, two weeks, 465 miles. And yes, I needed a little bit of help to take, take my kayak and boats to the river banks and, uh, need little, need a little bit of help. But, you know, once I got in, I'm no difference. And many of my friends that who helped me climbing Everest because of because of the, you know, they saw me at that time that how determined I, I think I was and uh, I worked hard. So, 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 um, so, so after, after doing um, all of this, it, it was just to find myself what can I able to do? But, and then after it came that it went certain point that um, pretty much done everything. <laughs> and what am I going to do? And that is the where it came that I came a Mount Everest, and I grew up uh, looking the mountain every day, and also um, uh, um, you know reading the story of the Everest, its tallest peak in the world, and Nepal. It uh, simply is a uh, it's a symbol and pride of Nepal, uh, and we we are very proud of that. Um, and Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenjun Norgay, uh, who, who submitted first 70 years ago uh, this year. Um, and reading, I was always fascinated by that. I couldn't do it when I was in service um, uh, because I was more focused on the training operation and my career. Uh, and when I was skiing in um, Austria, Germany, uh, Colorado and, and Whistler in Canada. And I was thought of looking at this mountain, how am I going to climb it? That was, it was in my mind. And later I was able to meet, um, I was, it, it, it was a great pleasure for me to actually, and lucky, privileged to meet actually Krishna Thapa, who is my, who was the um, former um, Chief mountain instructor and mountain troop leader um, um, in SAS. Since he served 18 years, and I was able to meet him. And we uh, started climbing, and um, then after that, yeah, I committed, but it took a very long time, honestly. It took it to go, yeah, more than five years to make this happen. I wanted to do on before I'm 40, I'm 43 now, it passed three years more. Uh, but yeah, hey, sometimes nothing goes as a plan. So as long as we don't give up, I think. Yeah, and I, and I, I love how you reframe things in life. And you have a quote that life is all about adaption and nothing is impossible. And that's like an amazing reframe of, of how you go about things. The fact that you you know looked at Everest, uh, and obviously you, you built up to it with all the various other things stuff you've done. It's not just jumped to Everest; you've done other stuff, and that's that's where you build the confidence. As you talked about doing small steps, but thinking actually nothing is impossible. So you just blow your your boundaries. I just got to adapt, and that's what you do. And I, and I think that's a great lesson for us all, really. That when we're facing our challenges uh, in our lives, that yes, 
it may be difficult, but actually nothing really is impossible. We've just got to figure out the adaption and the the way of doing it to overcome it. And I, I remember hearing somebody saying to me once, um, everything is figureoutable. Everything is figureoutable. You've just got to find that way and be creative, be innovative, and uh, get the support of others to do that. And that's what, what you've done. Um, so let's take us to to, to Everest. Um, having myself stood at the, the base of Everest, I've gone to base camp, I've not climbed it. Uh, I'd love to have climbed it. Um, but my, my my fear of heights has got worse as I got older. Um, so I don't think I would I'd get across the ice falls, to be honest, with those ladders um, and, and those sheer drops. Um, but it's an amazing place. It's magnificent. It's, it's very awe-inspiring. There's something very magical about that place, having been there. Uh, and it, it is incredible. So when you set out to do it, what were your greatest sort of fears, really, of that challenge before you sort of went on to the mountain? Yeah, just my my fear was, uh, I think, yeah, there are a lot. <laughs> but one thing was how my family will live without me, you know, if something happens on Everest. So that was a huge thing. I put lots of things in place, but you never prepare on the scenarios, I think. Uh, so... I I I talk to my wife and yeah, just just prepare for the worst, you know. And I put many things uh, in place, but yeah, and that was the, that was thing. But I think when your dreams, where your reason why becomes bigger, and then you, I think your fear goes away, and mm. um, you tackle. You can able to tackle any problem in life, I think. And I think our reason why is very important. And this year was a record-breaking number of permits were issued, which was mm. um, 478, I think, permits were issued. And all of them, we had our own reason why to go to the Everest. And, uh, you know, unluckily, um, uh, 17 people um, lost their life on this year, which is the deadliest year. Uh, and many got uh, injured. And just over half of us, we were able to make to the top. So um, I think you, your reason why, if it is that strong uh, and you take calculated risk, um, then I think, um, yeah, I think nothing is impossible honestly and i was just thinking this so my logic <laughs> was this you know after all doing sports and adventure i was just thinking how the human revolutions came and how the things that we thought impossible things we made possible and because of uh, we couldn't able to you know run fast enough to explore explore around the world so we start designing the things can go faster, take, can take us faster <laughs> um, in the land, in the sea, and in the sky. <laughs> so now we can go to the end of the planet. Who made that possible? It's a humans. We challenge ourselves. Anything that we have right now here, using whatever we're doing, it's all uh, came from challenge. And some point, 
in time, someone challenged themselves. They uh, worked hard, invested their time and money. So we are privileged to <laughs> utilizing uh, those things. Uh, so if we can fly to the another planet, climbing to the Mount Everest should be possible. This is for my logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but but there was no legs who were uh, designed for double above the amputees. Nobody has done it. So yeah, there are lots of challenges. We designed um, uh, as well, and uh, it's not perfect. My crampon broke um, on the best cam when I was tightening up. Climb like that because we're never gonna be perfect. Um, <laughs> if you're going to be so so, so 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 I personally have some set up some businesses so uh, you know when I was kind of starting it I was thinking oh, I'm going to be the perfect and it started but, <laughs> you know you're never going to be the perfect so uh, kind of use the one principle that yeah start now and be perfect later <laughs> So I use that. Um, and also, this is a principle I use even when, when at one point I scared. And once I start climbing, oh, it might hold up, you know. So, so you know, even if it's broken, it might hold up, you know. You know. So it's not going to be perfect. I don't have a time to go back to Kathmandu or somewhere else mm -hmm. to fix that, you know. Even there's no capability to fix that thing in Kathmandu. So, so we just... Just, just climb that away, uh, and um, then there was other other problems uh, like a, you know they they banned double amputees and visually impaired uh, in in the 2017. I supposed to climb 2018, uh, and we had to go to Supreme Court and overturn the rules. We couldn't raise the fund in 2019. That the biggest problem was to. Um, Convince the people that you can able to climb the mountain and get support. That was a huge, huge challenge, pretty much bigger than, you know, climbing Mount Everest. And also, uh, also um, you know, challenging a court in Supreme Court um, was um, was huge challenge. It's not just my right; it's the right of people with uh, disabilities, uh, and we are about one point three billion of us. So, so it's not just my right to climb. And after we overturned, then many, many, many amputees um, and disabled people who climbed up Mount Everest. Uh, and yeah, climbing itself, how to do it, that was quite easy, but uh, just simply put one step at a time. I knew that uh, how important that is. And in British Army, I learned the principle of war, which is momentum. So in momentum, so every steps, uh, every journey starts from one step. So if you run a go and run the marathon, um, then you just put one step at a time, simple. That is the principle I used. And if you lose the momentum, you're going to lose the war. So if I stay there, I'm going to froze to death. So I need to keep moving. I can't sit for a long period of time. So, uh, yeah, lots, uh, lo lots of things that in the army I learned that uh, we applied. But also I had a, my expedition leader was a very experienced mountaineer and a military man, a special forces operator. So, so. Uh, we we were very adaptable according to mm -hmm. the time and situation, so we were able to uh, do that. It was really really tough. Um, couple of places, 
and even going kumbu icefalls because i'm 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 uh, um, my gait is very short so it's like i'm walking like a penguin uh, and it takes so long time for me it takes about three times more um, um uh, which is i upon more energies uh, which means I'm, I'm more in risk so yeah but uh, yeah if you want to do it and your your reason why is bigger than you then i think i think yeah i think anything can can be possible we made many many things that we have proven that many many things um, um we made possible so uh, this is just for me is to do this one thing and uh, prove it uh, another way that yeah people with no legs you still you can climb on Everest <laughs> and, and, and it's an amazing um story and it, and it seemed like that your challenge started with the Nepalese government convincing them that you can climb and I can sort of see where they were coming from in the sense of logic <laughs> logic if you know really something and I, but I love how you smash logic with your dream and your bigger dream and you're all about um you know creating this disability awareness that anybody's got disability there's 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 no boundaries there's no limits uh, and I love that and and obviously you convince them so it, it seemed to me that almost mentally you'd convince yourself but also convince them before you even got onto that mountain which was was, was obviously the start place um and you, you talked about you know logic at times and then and obviously we have logic and emotion and how did you deal with those moments on the mountain where and I appreciate you were doing the you know one step at a time keeping that momentum going how did you deal with those moments when you were feeling really I don't know, not very hopeful or not very inspired. And there must be moments when it's like tough, whether you're at certain different camps and it was, I don't know whether the weather was bad or you just physically found it difficult. Was, was there a couple of moments where you thought, actually, this is really hard. I don't know if I can do this. And what did you do to try and keep yourself going? Uh, I, there are lots of things that who kept me going. Um, after all those struggles, many people start supporting me. And, uh, you know, um, there, there are like uh, many many things that who actually you know uh, kept me kept me going. Let's say uh, like my family. Um, you know, uh, especially when we were running out of oxygen, um, I was thinking, no, I need to go back for my family. You know, my son was very very. Um, scared me to going to the Everest and my wife was absolutely she was not trying to show her emotions but uh, she was absolutely you, you, you know scared of uh, you know me not to be returning so uh, I just want to go back for my family you know that is the time that um, we just keep going but when we were going to the summit there's a couple of times uh, that when my half of my team returned back to back and I just took it the four guys to go to the summit, um, I was just thinking, um, uh, you know, I'll just go slightly higher and think about it. You know, I can't let down the people that who saved my life, uh, my family that who supported me, and many people around the world that who supported me, and my communities. Uh, even that uh, you know, you know, my communities like a uh, disabled community, veterans community, um, you, you know, uh, Nepalese community, and uh, you know, people in the UK that who absolutely supported me and my friend friends as well. So 
you know, I had so much from them, so I can't let them down. You know, I was thinking when I when I when I was sitting in you know going going to, I didn't take much pressure. Uh, what I thought was, I will do everything I can to make this happen. But if something goes wrong, um, let's say I couldn't make it and I tried it, I think people will understand. That's what I thought. I had sponsors and so many, so many. So um, that's I just yeah just kept it kept it uh, going and. Uh, a um, couple of times, one point I actually told my team that let's go back down. I think I'm just trying complete oxygen because there's my oxygen will run out. So even to climb gentle slope, uh, about 10 meters of slope, slope uh, took about 20 minutes. So I was completely drained out. So I think we need to get, get back down and they changed oxygen and I started getting energy again. And we just carried on. And at the time, I had lots of messages from my school children. Actually, I think I have got some maybe here as well. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> so, just, uh, so I had got lots of messages like so. So yeah, from school children, they, they send me the message like this all of the time. Um, yeah, there, there, there's lots of messages that who, who they sent me and, uh, you know, I can't just let them down. Just the, the, you know, many, many children saying that, yeah, you never give up. And my, my, my son, the son's message is there that, um, best of luck for uh, Mount Everest, uh, dad, uh, don't fall, don't trip, uh, don't sleep, please. <laughs> 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 so I think uh, some of these things uh, just kept going. I carry up up to the camp four, um, and yeah, um, I, I was I, I was carrying so many things. So yeah, I'm the Gurkha. Uh, I went to Afghanistan to fight until end of my bread. Uh, uh, simply, I didn't have to fight and survived. And my friend did a great job and survived. And I think. I'll do my best to, you know, make them proud. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but also, I think later on the stage is about, for me, is changing perception on persons with disability, that disabled mm. people can able to do uh, the things that they want to do. Um, but also, it's a making awareness that not just for disabled people that we can able to do the things, give them confidence, yeah. but also to um, aware the, the families and communities and the authorities that who support the disabled people that they shouldn't ban the disabled people you know they mm -hmm. should um they they should support us so we can live we are still a human beings we can do great great things that maybe our legs might be our weakness maybe our hands might be weakness maybe eyes might be weakness our ears might be weakness but that doesn't mean that we can't do anything you know, we can do lots, lots of things. So, so that and also uh, more about, um, you know, giving courage uh, to take a challenge and uh, climb um, the people to um, their own mountain, whatever mountain that they have. But it's, it, it can be anything like uh, getting a new job or, you know, getting a promotion or uh, just uh, tackling a problem or, or whatever that is. Yeah, and it's a great lesson. You talked about that, that why, that that sort of that purpose. You know, your purpose is to you know create this change the perceptions of, of disabled people. 
Uh, and that's what kept you going when when things were really tough. Uh, the messages and the the impact you're having on those children, families, soldiers, all that sort of wider community that's around you. And I think, you know, when we are facing those challenges and we do know our, our why, our purpose, uh, when it is tough, is to remind ourselves of that because it is bigger than us. Because the purpose is bigger than us. It's not all. This is not all about you. I know it's not. It's it's far bigger than that. The impact you're having and what you're trying to do is bigger than Harry uh, Buddha Magar. It's far bigger than that. Uh, and what you're trying to create here, and, that, and that's fantastic. And, it, and I say it's a great lesson when you are facing those Everest in your life. How to to keep going and keep pushing forward and keep that momentum going, uh, and have those big dreams of pushing those boundaries. Um, when you sort of reflect on 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 Everest uh, summit, um, what what have you learned? What what surprised you about you from this whole experience of summiting Everest? I think the um, your physicality. Um, I kind of knew that little bit knew that. You know, um, you your body can cope in fifty-five degree of sun. You know, uh, I've been to minus, uh, I think about twenty-eight degrees before. So, and also I walked uh, the longest. Um, I, I was uh, I, uh, I was uh, walking, climbing was twenty-three hours twenty minutes. Uh, but it exceeded that. <laughs> On Everest, on the summit at uh, Death Zone, <laughs> so so it uh, it was uh, it took a, for me camp four up and down twenty five hours ten minutes. So so and how um, you know when your mind is uh, you know ready, how your body yeah, can able to do the things that was quite surprise for me, honestly. Um, uh, I think uh, you know, you know, as I said earlier, uh, you know, one thing I was about my age mm, that you know, uh, forty-three, and I wanted to do, um, and uh, at the uh, age of forty, below forty, that's what I was trying to trying to do, uh, and you can feel the age as well, and uh, coming after the forty and things like that, and um, um, actually. Uh, when I was climbing with some other younger climbers, um, you know, they also doubted my fitness and, this, and you know other things. But I think it's about mindset. I think if you really want to do it, then I think your body will follow. I think you set your mind, work hard, you be true honest for yourself and be sensible and also yeah you need to get fit you need to have your admin sorted you got um, a best shape as a possible you know mentally and and physically and those are things but um i think if we can set our mind our body will follow if we can run we'll run if we can't run we'll walk if we can't walk we will um, crawl even can't uh, crawl uh, we will roll. So that's, you know, momentum, the, the principles. Mm -hmm. That is such a, such a important. It wouldn't be in the army doctrine, <laughs> British <laughs> army doctrine, if, you know, that principle, I think, um, didn't work. So I think it's really, really important that from one step at a time, that's how his life is about. It's a very little things, you know, like uh, I told you about how I gained my confidence, just brushing my teeth. 
also getting the confidence going to toilet yourself is confident you know it's like a, it's mm. very little things that adds up and um, and then i think in life is everything is about confidence i'm not a very educated man um yeah you know um i don't know lots of things but i find i am i'm curious i try to find the logics in my own way <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe some of the ways maybe that completely stupid thing <laughs> maybe but uh yeah yeah so i think when you are curious um when you have a question mark in your brain then i think um, you will find how you're going to solve that problem or how you're going to achieve your dream so i think putting question mark in your mind is i think it's really really important if you say i can't do it fully stop is nothing going to happen exactly no it is about my innocence i love the fact that everest for you also broke broke your mindset you broke your boundaries of what you had in your mindset as well which is it's interesting you had a probably not the limitations because you you have this mindset of you know nothing's impossible but you push that boundary even more but it, it's funny how um you know you do this everest which is challenging whether you're able bodied or not and you had this you, you said the word sense be sensible as well which i i find how do we uh, how do we reconcile sensibility yeah i think that's one thing that and, you know people say that you are mad and you're crazy and maybe a little bit <laughs> but i i try not to be stupid <laughs> 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 so 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 yeah you need to be sensible and um, and uh, and and not to be stupid and be responsible i think that's a really really important So so Harry Harry what what's next for you now what what's the sort of next big thing that you're doing uh, in in sort of your sort of the future uh, I haven't decided that and I need to talk to my team it's, it's not just me doing it right so like even doing Everest uh, there's so many people who supported me my friends and family community sponsors and there are so many so many who who got involved um and also my team um team the adjusted adventure so we were 26 all together all nepalese <laughs> on the mountain so um uh, yeah this is just not me climbing but uh, there are so many people who uh, who are unsung heroes that who support me at the back mm, that my families in so many you know ways that they support me so um i need to talk to <laughs> my team but i'm thinking i will be keep making um, disability awareness until i die it's a simple like a same principle that, that i went off constant that i'll keep doing it until i die i think it's very very important this uh, these things we can't hide the disabled people uh, we can put under the carpet you know any problem hiding it doesn't solve um, you know we need to uh, bring on the table and discuss um, properly so that only that's the only way that we can able to solve those problems mm. uh, so if you hide more and more it's going to be create a bigger and bigger problem so you can't hide us 1.3 billion people <laughs> about 12 to 15% of disabled people so so uh, i will keep doing it so that uh, you know um, disabled people live uh, as a normal human life um, as a uh, other people live uh, because you know um, we, our disability might be our uh, weakness but we can do other things uh, things 
So I'll keep doing that. And to do that, I'll doing some more adventures, definitely. I think um, um, I was thinking that maybe, yeah, yeah. I think after Everest, maybe I might, I might, I might just give up. And I think, I think I need to keep it, this going so that uh, the more and more disabled people climb so they can climb or do the things that they want to do, whatever things that they want to do, mm. so that they can um, they can multiply that uh, awareness campaign um, as well. Uh, but also uh, this, um, it is quite lots of awareness um, um, around the world and this needs to be, um, you know, it needs to be. Uh, uh, we need to turn that into action, so 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 that you know the authorities can help and communities can help the, the disabled people and support us. Uh, so uh, I'll keep doing it. I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing. Possibly, possibly seven summits that I'm doing. So I've got, I've done two summits. So I got five more summits to maybe to to do. I might do. North Pole to South Pole, so I haven't I haven't made a decision, but I'm just thinking on that line. So uh, I will just a little bit thinking. I want to just uh, spend a little bit of my time with uh, with the families. Um, so I just dropped my children and and came here to speak to you as well. So I try to try try, try to be a responsible dad, not only the <laughs> adventurer. So. Well, 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 thank you for coming on today. I, you know, I, I feel inspired by you. I think you've already you've, you've you've challenged my limitations that I put on my own life and my mindset as well, which is always good. And um, and I say I love your, you know, life is all about adapt adaptation. Nothing is impossible, and I love that sort of mantra. And I love the sort of you know just do things step at a time, and uh, and it's pretty inspiring. And and I hope people we'll get a lot from this conversation. There's loads of nuggets of how to overcome, how to keep going uh, in terms of resilience. And so I do appreciate your time here today. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me uh, here as well. And um, hope uh, w together we'll make uh, disability awareness, uh, but also um, we inspire people to climb their own mountains. Yeah, and I wish you well with all your endeavours and to keep that that purpose of increasing the disability awareness and breaking the boundaries. So, yeah, thank you, Harry. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you like this episode, then please rate, review and share it with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, I coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. And it will help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Mm -hmm.